Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a July 24th Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson writer at many places, Real GM, AP, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have so many podcasts, every team in the NBA and the NFL, just for you and your favorite teams. But welcome back to Locked On Blazers, where we cover the Portland Trail Blazers. It was... A sneaky, newsworthy weekend for the Blazers, even though they were not involved in any transactions, nobody got signed, nothing big happened. We did see some things about the team and their offseason come to light in light of the recent news, the big, big NBA news that affects the entire league, that Kyrie Irving no longer wants to be with the Cleveland Cavaliers, wants a trade, no longer wants to play with LeBron James, and is reportedly tired of being the second fiddle. That was the big, big story that came out over the weekend. I believe that came out on Friday afternoon and sent shockwaves throughout the league, no doubt. I think a lot of people... We a lot of people have been talking about LeBron James, the Lakers, LeBron not staying, not signing long-term, all of that stuff. And to see the news come out about Kyrie, I, now that it's all come out, it's, it's not hard for me to see where Kyrie's angle is here because... We we've seen this movie before with LeBron James, and and you can't you can't. I mean, LeBron's doing what he does. He's doing he's doing what's best for LeBron, and Kyrie knows that. Hey, back when it was you know the the roles were flipped, and Kyrie was the new kid on the block, the new rising star, and D Wade was kind of on the decline. You know, you saw LeBron James and 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 Bosch as well. You saw LeBron James say, "Hey, you know." These guys maybe not are not going to have what I need to get to the championship to win a championship. So obviously the the coming home narrative was what sold really well, but it's also it was also pretty evident at the time that LeBron was uh, dumping his stock in D Wade and buying stock in Kyrie, 
And with the situation the way it is in Cleveland, that he hasn't signed, that they didn't have a whole lot of resources to make a, a really good offseason to, to revamp the team. They tried to revamp the team, which is what we're going to get to to talk about the Blazers here in a second. They tried to revamp the team, but they're just really not that much better. They added Jeff Green, Jose Calderon. They might sign Derrick Rose. And who knows? Derrick Rose might be the starting point guard at this point because it, it, it sounds like Cleveland is going to look at all these options here. And, and Kyrie Irving has, has given the Cavaliers a list of teams the Blazers are not one of them, obviously. And one of the things that came out in the story uh, that we'll get to later was that Kyrie Irving has been jealous of his point guard counterparts, Damian Lillard and John Wall, because of the fact that their franchises are basically catered to them 1,000%. So that can also speak to the, the culture in Portland of just you know, they, they take care of Damien. He's the number one guy. And that's what I think if you're Neil Olshay, that's something that you want out in the media that you treat your stars well, that you take care of them, because that looks good for any other players that may come uh, into the fold in the future or may be interested in coming. So, Damian Lillard w- was mentioned in that story as, as someone that Kyrie was a little jealous of uh, for the treatment that he got from his team. And that was because it was he was citing the fact that LeBron basically runs the Cavs, that he, you know one of his childhood friends, Randy Mims, is an assistant coach, that his friends can fly on the team plane. And Kyrie was a little bothered by that, which, you know, he's he's got a lot less time put into the thing than LeBron James. So uh, it, it's a little odd from that perspective, but uh, he's also 25. He has now won a championship. And if he sees the writing is on the wall, that LeBron isn't going to be around, that LeBron isn't committing, that LeBron actually is doing this. He's tweeting jokes about Shirley Temples, drinking Shirley Temples with Ben Simmons. For those of you that don't know, Shirley Temples were reportedly the favorite drink or are the favorite beverage of Joel Embiid, who plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. So you have LeBron putting out these innuendos in social media the way he often does. And Kyrie is reading that and saying like, well, hey, well, if he's not going to commit here long term, what am I doing here? So I I definitely see uh, why Kyrie is considering that Portland was brought up in another way in the reports from ESPN over the weekend. But before we get to that, I just wanted to give you a quick word from our longest presenting sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there's a simpler, better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed, and there's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action than ever for a great value. I have the app on my phone. When I went to Pitchfork a couple of weeks ago out in Chicago with my friends, super easy. Did it all while I was on the move. You know, not a whole lot of stopping when you're 
out there for a weekend and, and you're making a trip and, and was able to pull up the prices, found the best bang for my buck, got some really awesome tickets and it was very fast, very easy. They save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices to find you the best deal. They grade every value based on their deal score from 1 to 100 with 100 being the best and 1 being the worst. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you don't have to worry about fakes or any of that stuff that is always a drag when you're buying tickets to an event. Make SeatGeek your go-to for finding the best deals on every ticket type from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. But the best thing is that all of my listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOMBA today. So, Kyrie Irving, unhappy with the Cleveland Cavaliers, unhappy playing next to LeBron James. It's, it, it, it is reminiscent of many an NBA feud. And who, who said that the good old days of the NBA were gone when, when ego reigned supreme and people were petty and, 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 and they weren't friends and all that stuff. Well, here you go. You got what you wanted. Uh, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James, uh, an ego battle as old as the league itself unfolding in front of us right now in Cleveland. Kyrie has four teams that he is interested in going to. The San Antonio Spurs, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who are in Portland's division, who they could potentially see four times if they are able to consummate a trade. Miami, which would be a phenomenal reunion and stepping forward by stepping backward kind of thing with Kyrie Irving reuniting with Deion Waiters, the backcourt that LeBron James broke up when he came to Cleveland once he was tired of uh, dealing with Deion Waiters. And then New York is also on the list. Obviously, it seems like just a cool place to live. Also, great young player, and there's no doubt that if he were there that the offense would run through him and getting to play in Madison Square Garden every night, not bad. Uh, seems like a, a, a pretty good call. Obviously, there's a ton of pressure there, but it, Kyrie, if he comes to New York with already having a championship, having Chris Tapps Porzingis there, they're both super young. That would be a really fun tandem right there if if, if that trade was able to happen. They wouldn't be the best team they wouldn't necessarily be a contender but they would be definitely fun and they would be decent which new york is just starving for at this point just starving for a little competence in their basketball so uh those are the options for kyrie irving but as i mentioned portland was mentioned as a trade partner and some some information some details that are a little clearer now for Paul George or on the trade for Paul George. The Blazers reportedly were working with Indiana to make a trade happen. According to ESPN.com, the deal that Portland had on the table was three picks for Paul George. At the same time that the Pacers were working a three-team deal with Indiana or with Denver and Cleveland, excuse me, that deal would send love to Denver Paul George to Cleveland and Gary Harris and some other pieces to the Pacers. So 
on the same day that they were working on that, Pritchard was working on a deal with Portland for all three of their first-round draft picks. So Portland clearly tried to get it on the deal. It wasn't as if Neil Olshay was sitting on his hands. It sounds like they were aggressive in trying to get him. I mean, giving up all three firsts was even more of a uh, a leap than I think most people were looking at for, for the Paul George deal. They obviously didn't want it. They backed out from that deal, and then they later also backed out from the three-team deal with Denver and Cleveland after a conference call that all three teams had already agreed on it with. So all three teams were on a conference call, according to this ESPN.com story, which is great, and you should definitely read. It's inside the weeks of dysfunction surrounding the Kyrie Irving drama. And so they all agree to the trade. All three teams on a conference call. It's happening. Paul George is going to Cleveland. Kevin Love is going to Denver. And the Pacers hit the reset button and get Gary Harris, who is about to get paid, but has... Uh, another year of not being so paid, which which is good. But so all three teams agree to it, and then moments later, Kevin Pritchard sends a message. So I, I take it to mean like a like a text saying that the Pacers are out. And then a couple of minutes later, or uh, just a little bit later, the Pacers make the trade with Oklahoma City to send Paul George to the Thunder, which is where he is now for Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. Boy, you read that, and that is, that is this is the thing, I, I, I think I was saying this uh, a couple of weeks ago about the Gordon Hayward story. And the, the, the Players' Tribune and a lot of the people that are involved in telling the story about how these things go down Oftentimes, they, they want to convey this, this supreme competence and this supreme order of operations that there are, you know, very clear best practices that everyone adheres to that, you know, that it just makes it kind of this seamless. It is just, it seems like it is just chaos because this is exactly what this, this story conveys. It's just chaos, people going back on their word, people just doing things at random times and, you know, they're able to portray like all this, but it's, it, it's chaos. And uh, that's what it seems like in this, in this trade here with, with Indiana is that there was chaos. Indiana didn't like the deal. Apparently one of the things that has been reported previously was that Pritchard did not want to trade Paul George in conference or in division where they would see each other four times a year which you know I think is it's a little bit of an old school philosophy I would say just because you're, you're seeing them two more times a year it, and and if you're Indiana yeah you're you know they say that they're not tanking but at the same time you're going to recalibrate your expectations when you lose Paul George and when you make a trade like that and you're forced into that situation with a superstar, league history pretty much shows that you're not going to get an equal value back for that player. And it, it just it just makes the most sense to to get the the best value you can. Now, maybe there are some other factors there. Maybe their scouting department is higher on Sabonis than some of the other secondary pieces that Denver gave them 
maybe they're a little bit higher on Victor Oladipo than I am anyway. Also, you you have the uh, homecoming kind of story with Victor Oladipo that can help with selling tickets in a what looks to be a, a down season for Indiana. They still have Miles Turner. They still have Thad Young. They still have some good players. Who knows? Lance Stevenson might be running point guard this year. That that's something that's been talked about. So Indiana. They're going to be weird. They're not probably not going to be very good. They barely made the playoffs last year. But at the same time, the East is garbage. Anybody can make the playoffs. So maybe they think Oladipo is what they needed to, to get them over the hump instead of a guy like Gary Harris. And that's the deal that they took. But at the same time that they were making those deals, Portland tried to call. Portland offered, made a, a very, that's a very good offer. Three first round picks straight up for Paul George. Not not a bad not a bad try. I mean, it doesn't say what else went along with that because Portland, I think, would have had to send some salary back to make that trade happen. You can't just trade picks, and Portland doesn't have the cap space to absorb or the the roster space to just absorb someone. So they would have had to send money back. So it could have been a Allen Crab situation. Could have been. Harkless and Crab, Harkless and Turner, Turner and someone else. You know, could have been any number of those uh, salaries. Could have been Myers Leonard and Ed Davis or something like that. It, there, there were a lot of different options there to put salary together, which is why Portland is constantly being mentioned because they have salaries to make trades happen, even if those salaries, I think we all agree, are not all of them, but most of them are overpays. Yeah, Alan Crab at $20 million. Evan Turner at 17, Harkless at around 10, Myers Leonard at around 10. You know, those are the big money deals that can help get you, help facilitate a deal. And that's why they were mentioned. So obviously, you know, it's kind of a, with this ESPN story, it's kind of a, you know, you just kind of have to guess. It's it's up to you who, who was involved for that trade because we don't have any further information about who was offered. But they did put the three first round picks on the table. So... Uh, it sounds like they made an aggressive offer, but it just wasn't what Indiana wanted. So it seems like Neil Olshay trying to adhere to what his players want, which Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum all summer long have been naming players, talking about players in, in social media, uh, mentioning them in podcast appearances, talk, you know, Instagram, all this stuff. They've wanted talent all season long. And uh, after the draft, Neil Olshay was asked about how Dame and CJ both want help and all this stuff. And it seems like they've been on social media talking about guys they want to get. And, you know, the way he talked about it was, you know, they've been mad at me before for deals that I did or didn't make or whatever, especially for the Nurkic deal. But it seems clear to me that at the same time that he was saying that he was also trying to, you know, trying to appease them a little bit and make the team better. So it, it, it seems like you know there's a lot of things you've got to manage as a general manager, which is another thing that that ESPN.com story that went up over the weekend really does a good job of describing, not with Neil O'Shea, but with David Griffin in Cleveland. And uh, just the managing of the egos, the managing of the expectations, and, and all that stuff. So uh, it, it's clear that, that O'Shea went for it with the Paul George trade, and it, it just was not what Indiana wanted. So... 
interesting stuff coming from that story. Uh, the other thing that was obviously interesting that came out of that from a Portland perspective was that Kyrie is jealous of Damian Lillard, which and 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 obviously the story also points out the irony in that Kyrie is jealous of Dame and John Wall when no doubt both of those guys are jealous of the fact that he's gotten to play with LeBron James and win championships. And it's just kind of a funny thing where, you know, the grass is always greener. And uh, Kyrie's had some really interesting statements throughout the offseason about the the, the Cavs uh, saying, I think he said they were in a peculiar place. Uh, Interesting choice of words from Kyrie. So uh, a big beef that could change the the landscape of the league or at least the Eastern Conference uh, for – Years to come because if, you know if Kyrie's not going to be there long term and whoever they trade for may not be there long term either. That you know this is probably going to be the last run and and, and LeBron LeBron's still probably going to make the finals in the East even though Boston's gotten better even though they're a little bit more of a threat now with Gordon Hayward and they got Marcus Morris they got a lot of guys that they can throw at LeBron Jalen Brown's going to be a year older Boston looks like they they're they're building a good thing. But I mean, LeBron is still LeBron, and until someone knocks LeBron off the that Eastern Conference championship, as nobody has done, you know, I, I think they have to be the favorite. So even Kyrie or no Kyrie, uh, I think LeBron is going to still make the finals. But it, it throws a really interesting wrinkle into things because it's going to be a different Cavs team, and 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 in those in these last couple of finals when Kyrie's been healthy. They really have needed Kyrie to create, and LeBron has needed Kyrie to take some plays off and to 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 just rest a little bit while he's even on the court because they need him so much more defensively in a series against the Warriors, and Kyrie's able to take that load off. And so this is a really big story. And also, too, you know, if you're on other teams in the East and you're thinking, okay, well, they're going to trade Kyrie. I mean, who are they going to get for him? Who are they going to replace him that is going to fit the way they do did around LeBron James? Maybe they can find a trade that gets them even more pieces to kind of fit around LeBron to face the Warriors and and maybe be able to match up with them a little bit better. But it has seemed to work in the playoffs, especially the last couple of seasons, and it's been really hard to stop. So, uh, going to be very interesting what happens with the Kyrie Irving drama. And it could also happen as it happened many times with Kobe back in the day uh, that he just stays or that it has happened a lot with with Carmelo or whatever, or, or Dwight Howard. I mean, this, this always happens. He, he could end up staying, but it seems like uh, the, the final days of the, the Cleveland with LeBron, the Cleveland reunion, uh, are upon us uh, and and shout out to the network with Sean Hyken that we created our our fake reality TV network keeping up with the Cavs probably going into its last season so uh, a great show on the network full of drama carrying us through the summer even when there's no games and very little player movement almost no player movement to speak of other than Derek Rose which is uh, yeah, so this is where, this is where we're at. So Derrick Rose is the big story of free agency at this point. But uh, keeping up with the Cavs, still giving us that great content. So shout out to 
them. And shout out to the ESPN.com for, for getting some great reporting on that story. Uh, really interesting stuff. That is going to impact the league and and by proxy the Blazers. You know, they, they're going to the Blazers are part of this ecosystem and it's gonna it's gonna change how things look. So if Kyrie gets traded, that's a, that's a big moment. Uh, some other notes before we wrap this up. It's going to be a short edition of Lockdown Blazers today. C.J. McCollum interviewed Adam Silver for the Players' Tribune. They talked about uh, a lot of stuff. C.J. always asks Adam Silver really good questions. Asked him about the legalization of marijuana in, in states where in the NBA and whether they were going to look at a, a league-wide type of... Uh, you know, forgiveness, I guess, for guys that, that don't play in states like that, it seems like it. But uh, so he asked him about that. Uh, and CJ always gets that Adam Silver inter- interview every year. So he, he, he's, he's a pro at it by this at this point. So uh, CJ had that. Go check that out on YouTube. Players Tribune. Former Blazer Luis Montero signed a two-way deal with the Detroit Pistons. A two-way deal is where he is not counted as part of the 15-man roster. He's one of the two two-way players that teams can have where those are guys that you can send to the D-League at any time but called back immediately. So it's almost like a it's like a, it's like a 10-day contract that's on call all the time. So and you're assigned with that team. So opened up some more jobs for guys in the NBA and Luis Montero's been working really hard to try and get back into the league after the Blazers cut him a couple of years ago, was playing for Miami's D-League team, was in the Summer League with Dallas, was in the Summer League with the Kings, and uh, got his way uh, to a a two-way player contract. So uh, good for Luis Montero, good, long, lanky guy that has a good shooting touch, but extremely raw, barely played any college basketball, a really interesting story, really. One of the more interesting stories in the league. And uh, glad to see it continue with the Detroit Pistons to get another shot. And then uh, a really big piece of news for the Blazers. Tomorrow, July 25th, is Pat Connaughton's fully guarantee date. So if the Blazers don't make a move in the next couple of days, they're going to have Connaughton on their roster. His roster spot becomes fully, or his contract, excuse me, becomes fully guaranteed. And that would give the Blazers 15 guys. So that, to me, would say extremely unlikely that they're going to sign anybody with that mini taxpayer mid-level exception, although there are players still available. But Connaughton's guarantee date is tomorrow. Another thing that I must say about the Kyrie trade before we wrap up is that, obviously, him mentioning New York, I, I should have mentioned this when I talked about it, but him mentioning New York also makes Cleveland... Uh, major candidate to get involved in the Carmelo Anthony sweepstakes, which the Blazers are trying to get into. But uh, Kyrie now being on the table apparently makes it, I think, a little bit more unlikely that Portland's able to get a deal to get him because now you've opened up another one of the destinations that Carmelo has already indicated he's open to waiving his no-trade clause for in Cleveland to play with LeBron. So the... Kyrie trade demand is is huge because it, it it told us a lot about what happened this summer with the Blazers. It told us that Kyrie Irving's a little jealous of Damian Lillard and the fact that Kyrie Irving is now on the table and is a much more enticing player 
to 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 acquire if you're the New York Knicks than the guys that Portland can offer or is willing to offer the the many wings that that Portland has and and Myers Leonard and Ed Davis even an expiring contract you know you have all these guys that you know could be nice pieces in a mellow trade if you have nothing else but they now have an option to look at with Kyrie Irving and so until Kyrie Irving gets traded or you know if he stays or gets traded to another team then maybe the mellow thing is opened back up but it seems to me anyway, just observing the NBA landscape and, and which teams may want to get into this now that now that Kyrie apparently wants to be out and wants to be gone, that you know, that hurts Portland and they're in their negotiating to try and get Carmelo Anthony because now there are more options for him to look at and more options for the Knicks to look at to get a player that can mesh with Chris Ass Porzingis and 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 uh, be the future for that Knicks franchise. So uh, that Kyrie story is really big. That uh, the that Kyrie story is really big, and it has a major impact on the Blazers. And you know, looking at that uh, note about that three-team trade and the the trade that KP had going with Portland, uh, it maybe that was a little bit of a distraction, and maybe you, you can make a, a connection that Portland trying to get Paul George stopped Paul George from going to Cleveland, if you want to think of it like that. And now Kyrie doesn't want to be in Cleveland anymore, and that is affecting Portland's pursuit of Carmelo Anthony. The NBA is a big ecosystem. It is all connected, and this Kyrie thing is a is a big story and I think is, is going to have – it has a detrimental impact on Portland's uh, ability and uh, to get a deal done to get Carmelo Anthony and make their team better heading into the off season, which are uh, heading into next season, which we're almost there now. Uh, and Damian Lillard has voiced his displeasure. He thinks the team needs to improve a little bit more. Uh, he said that at his camp. And so uh, Portland sits here now uh, on July 24th, still haven't done anything really other than the draft. So we'll see if they do anything else, but the NBA hot stove and the, the the movement I guess still isn't over as as Kyrie Irving has expressed his desires to be traded we will have more this week here on Lockdown Blazers and we'll obviously have more if news merits subscribe to the podcast on iTunes Stitcher Audio Boom Google Play tune in FM wherever you can get a podcast we are there leave us a five star review and we'll be back with you next time until then